Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Lucy Hickmott. It's Tuesday the 3rd of September. Coming up, two-thirds of parents worried about children's screen time. The way in which stuff is being filtered these days, it's not as filtered as we think it is. So what they're seeing online could be quite dangerous to them. It could also affect their, their mental health. Community gardens help tackle antisocial behaviour. We've got this theory that if you break one window, someone's going to break the window next to it. If you try and make something a little bit nicer, someone's going to take a little bit more care in it. And Crazy Golf brings thousands to Rochester Cathedral. I think it's been a great initiative and actually people have engaged with it both to have fun, which is important in churches, and also uh, there has been a spiritual dimension to it too. Kent Online News. As children in Kent return to the classroom after the summer break, it's been revealed two-thirds of parents are worried their kids are spending too much time online. Internet Matters says mums and dads are also concerned about the impact it's having on their sleep, homework and time spent with the family. They've launched an ad campaign encouraging parents to agree boundaries. It's just been chatting to Rochester-based social media consultant Zoe Kens. I can imagine, you know, it is um, an issue at the moment. Lots of people um, are experiencing that their children are spending more time on their phones than doing anything else. You know, gone are the days where we used to be out and about with our friends and now they're mostly on their phone, either browsing YouTube or, you know, communicating with their friends on whatsapp and other messenger tools and we hear a lot about some of the dangers and risks involved of spending time online can you just remind us of what those things could be especially for a young person for a young person spending so much time on their phone it takes away those communication skills um but also you know the the personal skills of communicating with different people face to face getting out into um you know communicating with other people face to face as well so you know personality skills are the biggest thing that can be a danger to to a young adult and I imagine also perhaps there's some level of concern about the things their children might be viewing online and if they're spending a lot of time it it might not be so easy to monitor what they're doing yeah the other issue is the cyberbullying what they're viewing um you know the 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 way in which stuff is being filtered these days it's not as filtered as we think it is so what they're seeing online could be quite dangerous to them it could also affect their their mental health um they could also be uh, looking at things that their parents don't actually you know are actually aware of um so it's just there's lots of implications now so spending too much time can cause many risks so what advice would you have for parents if they do feel this way if they feel concerned about how long their children are spending online. I'd actually be thinking about how you can start making sure that you've put blocks and filters to stop them from looking at inappropriate information on the internet, but also making sure you restrict their time on how long they're spending and make sure that you're also being aware of what they are doing online as well. And how can they put these filters in place? I know, for example, internet providers, they have some sort of sort of child safety locks, if you want to call them, where they can block them from going on certain sites and stuff like that. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, and there's lots of different ways in in which you can find out how to apply those filters and those blocks. I mean, by using YouTube ourselves, we can find out lots of things of how we do stuff. But each of these different platforms and our internet services that are provided allow us to have the access to be able to filter these appropriately. So just reaching out to some of the service providers will help us to put those into place. How important is it that parents do have a dialogue and make their children aware that they perhaps need to be a bit more cautious online and just have that level of honesty between you know the parent and the child to say 
look, I'm a bit concerned. Yeah, it's really important that the um, the children understand and your children understand that they can talk to you about anything they might see online. And it's about being open, but also telling them about things that might be happening. I mean, we can go back to the Momo challenge about when, you know, children were seeing that. And it's better to be honest and, and tell your younger ones that if they do see anything, to come and tell you straight away so they feel open and they feel that they can speak to you about anything rather than hiding it away. Kent Online reports. Elsewhere today, a man's pleaded guilty to the manslaughter of a Gravesend woman's three-year-old son who was crushed to death in the footwell of his car. 26-year-old Stephen Waterson was due to face a retrial over Alfie Lamb's death in South London but changed his plea at the Old Bailey yesterday. Alfie's mum, 24-year-old Adrian Hoare, has already been convicted of child cruelty and jailed for more than two years. The funeral of Lucas Dobson, who died after falling into the River Stour in Sandwich, will take place next Friday on what would have been his seventh birthday. He was on a family fishing trip when he fell into the water just over two weeks ago and his body was found five days later. His dad says anyone's welcome to come and pay their respects at St George's Church in Deal. A Ramsgate woman's being charged with assault after allegedly spitting at four police officers and hitting another with a plate. The 28-year-old was arrested following reports of a disturbance in Sussex Street on Saturday morning. A man who waded into the sea with his young daughter on his shoulders after getting cut off by the tide in Thanet has been rescued by lifeboat crews. They'd been at the Broadstairs end of Botany Bay when they got stranded yesterday afternoon and were spotted by volunteers out on another rescue. Kent Online News. Secret gardens have been created in North Kent to try and stop people feeling lonely. The No Walls Garden project was set up in 2013 to try and make Northleet a better place to live and reduce antisocial behaviour. Vegetable planters have been installed and there's even a talking bench where people can stop for a chat. Peter Scollard came up with the idea. There's an awful lot of uh, deprivation and an awful lot of people not taking pride in the area or thinking it's a neglected area. Um, due to council cutbacks and stuff like that, weeds were growing all over the place, verges weren't getting maintained. And this area it used to be the thriving area, Gravesend was the uh, poor area, we had an awful lot of work here, so you had your cement works, you had all your paper mills and stuff like that. All that work dried up and it's all gone away, so there's an awful lot of unemployment there. And um, it feels like the tan seemed to get neglected along with everything else that happened here. So Gravesend, if you go into town centre, they've got all nice hanging plants and stuff like that. I mean, I'm not sure if you're aware, Northfleet used to actually have their own town centre, which is just around the corner. So that's all gone, so it's now, instead of Gravesend, it's Gratian, so you've got all the towns linked into it kind of thing. And as I said, people felt like this area was neglected. I mean, as you can see, if you go along the streets and that, there's planters that we haven't touched purposely because we want people to see what it's actually like if we don't actually touch something. And it is, it's, you know, taking a bit of ownership in it. And people turn around and say, especially when we come to spring, we put all the planters out. Oh, it really makes me smile. It makes me feel happy and stuff like that. And it's re-educating people. We've got this theory that if you break one window, someone's going to break the window next to it. If you try and make something a little bit nicer, someone's going to take a little bit more care in it. So again, it's things like putting little, we put little tags, we make little uh, dog bone tags on the lampposts and we make little bags, put dog bags in it. And if the kids actually design the actual dog tags and stuff like that in their clubs and that, then they turn around and say, that's mine. The mum looks at it, automatically know what it's for. They'll go along and they'll pick up the dog nest and stuff like that. 
So when we first started, there was fly tipping here, everything was overgrown, there was graffiti everywhere, antisocial behaviour, and it has kind of sort of like mellowed right down there. So when we actually started the area as well, it was also described as a neglected area. We've entered it in south and southeast in Bloom, and we've got outstanding for the last three years on the trot on that, for, just for the work that we're doing. And it is all actually community-led, so as the chairman said, the people that do it, don't get paid but they come and do it because they want to take ownership in the community, take pride in the community and we want to try and help them by getting them back into, um, you know, back into work or back into like, interacting with other people, especially if you think about long term unemployed, you've not got money to go down a pub, you have a drink and stuff like that, your link to life is watching the TV, so it could be Jeremy Cole or stuff like that. So when you actually come out here, you don't need money. You can sit there, you can talk to the person next door. I say to everybody, if you're with me, as long as you dig one hole, it's one hole less I've got to do. I'm going to be here every day. I'm going to try and change this and change that. If you help and come along on a journey, you're going to feel better for it and you'll get the job satisfaction and the reward of getting it. And if we can help you getting back into employment, we will do. One of those who's benefited from the project is Kelly Hall. I've been working at Low Water for about six years, approximately. And I started off as a normal volunteer. And then within four months, I've self-employed, started my own business. And that's what I do. I go around maintaining people's gardens, designing people's gardens, and general clearances and stuff like that. I absolutely love it. Low Walls has given me the confidence to better myself and help pe other people, I, like with gardening. We've helped a lot of people with mental health problems, people recovering from strokes. I've actually got one coming in in a minute and, uh, to, re to re rebuild, their, um, rebuild their lives back. And don't get me wrong, there's a, we do work with a lot of people with special needs, ex-offenders, ex-substance abuse users, and we've kept a lot of them in full-time employment now we've given them the confidence to get back into work and that is a reward in itself that you don't need paying to to get that that's brilliant take an old piece of land that's been neglected and then you maintain it and then people automatically feel better about the area and just one person will walk past and say oh that looks nice makes you feel like you've done something good we've planted strawberries along the high street so when the kids come out of school instead of going to the sweet shop they can eat fresh food as they go along. We don't use any pesticides, I don't agree with it, everything's organic so I know it's all healthy for people to eat but we also help the young people by getting them to grow plants so they can appreciate what they're doing and like we give away about two three hundred tomato plants a year as well as other vegetables for people to grow at home. Even without a garden we can teach them to grow it in the, on their windowsills on their doorsteps, wherever. We do get criminal damage, we do get antisocial behaviour, but is, we nip it in the bud quite quickly because I'm the local youth worker for the area. So as soon as there's a bit of damage, I will go to the children and I will, what's going on? Tell me who it is, you get reward. You know, and sometimes I make them come and work with me for half a day or a day so they can appreciate what we do and then they learn to respect it. You can watch our video report at kentonline.co.uk. Kent Online reports. Firefighters say they're treating a blaze involving trees and grass near Canterbury as suspicious. It broke out on Staines Hill in Sturry just after 10 last night. No one was hurt, but people living nearby were told to keep doors and windows closed because of smoke. Plans have been unveiled for more than 450 homes in Iwade. Developers also want to build a community hall with a nursery and create a country park on land to the east of the village near Sittingbourne. It's understood the properties would range from one-bed flats to five-bed houses. You can see what land could be built on in our story online. 
We could soon be hit with new prices at the Dartford Crossing as the government looks for another company to run the Dart Charge system. There could be different fees for certain times of the day after the contract's handed out. Whoever gets it could also be involved in introducing charges at the new Lower Thames Crossing. And finally today, a crazy golf course at Rochester Cathedral has helped attract thousands of visitors over the summer. The nine-hole course opened in the historic building last month after the Archbishop of Canterbury said cathedrals need to have more fun. Ish has been finding out from Reverend Nathan Ward whether it worked. Rochester Cathedral has actually got a long history of opening up the nave for community events dating back before Henry VIII in fact and actually this brand new initiative was designed to engage the local community and especially families to welcome them into their community space. How do you feel it's done since it was introduced? Um, I think it's been more than a month now, hasn't it? So, Yeah, it's coming to the end of the month since it's been running. And actually over 29,000 visitors have attended uh, Rochester Cathedral and um, taken part in Crazy Golf. But what's interestingly, they've also engaged with the other things which you could say are the spiritual elements. So people have been lighting more candles than ever in Rochester Cathedral during this time. Has there been an increase in visitors during this period? Yes, so visitors have actually increased on 85% uh, since last year and actually the candle lighting stands have had to be renewed even more um, and roughly over 60% increase in the use of candles within the cathedral. Clearly this has been quite a positive response from the local community. I think it's been an amazing response from the local community. I think it's been a great initiative and actually people have engaged with it both to have fun, which is important in churches, and also uh, there has been a spiritual dimension to it too. I think it's fair to say it did stir up some controversy when it was initially set up. I mean, there were some people saying it was inappropriate for it to be inside the cathedral and calling it sacrilege, comments like this. What would you say to those comments and those people now? Well, what's interesting is, to our knowledge, those people that have uh, criticised the event haven't actually attended the cathedral to experience it for themselves. Obviously, when any organisation does something new, it can be found uncomfortable for other people, um, which is sad, but actually, overwhelmingly, it's been a positive response, and more importantly, families have loved it. How much does this encourage you to put on something in that vein again, or perhaps bring it back in the future? Well, I think it's fair to say that uh, this summer has been the summer of the cathedrals uh, up and down the country. And actually, Rochester Cathedral are working hard to develop a wide range of programmes to engage people who don't normally come along to the cathedral. I suppose something like that is, I guess it's more targeted for for younger people, children in particular. Do you think it's done what you were hoping to achieve? So I think the figures speak for themselves. Um, Thousands of people have attended, attendance has gone up and lots of families have engaged with it. So it's um, exceeded all expectations. That's it for now, but don't forget you can go to kentonline.co.uk for more news throughout the day. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.